Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I have a really amazing guest today. You may have recognized her from previous podcasts. We jammed a long time ago. My friend, Annie Bordonsky. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm happy to be here. I feel like I was on one of your very first episodes, like the first. Yes, I think you the were first episode handful. like number two or three. Yeah. So. Yes. Annie is back. like manifestation queen. She has an amazing YouTube channel. Oh my Annie, we'll put all of her information in the show notes because she's got so many cool things and she just makes magic in life. She makes life appear the life that she wants, she creates. And so I wanted to have her on today to talk about a topic that I was literally laying around Annie and this topic dropped into my body and your face popped up (laughs) and I don't know why, because I, I think that you keep your, your relationships pretty private, or maybe it's just like not a focus or something Mm -hmm. that you share very often. And so I don't really ask about it because you don't really talk about it and you don't have to talk about it. On I'm, this open. Podcast. I'm, o- I'm open to talk about whatever. Yeah. But one thing, I think the reason why it really dropped in is because you put a lot of your life on YouTube. You're a professional YouTuber and you put a lot of your life on YouTube. And so much of what you put out there is just you. It's just you. And sometimes Lou, which is your cat. Mm-hmm. But it's not, we're not seeing like partners in the picture of your thing. We see, sometimes we see friends, sometimes we see experts, but most of the time it's you. And one thing that I do know about you from doing life together and doing some healing work together in our coaching practices is that you cherish your solo time, mm-hmm. like alone time. So we'll get into all these things because today, Annie and I want to talk to you guys about creating a satisfying single life. And this came up, Annie, because as you know, I've just recently pivoted into the um, divorce women's market, which you are not. About time. (laughs) About time, right? I've only been talking about it for like five years. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm divorced and you are not. And I thought it it could be a really interesting conversation to talk about creating a satisfying single life or even just a solo life, because there are people who are plenty of people in relationships that don't necessarily feel satisfied when their partner is gone on a trip or all those kinds of things. So to our listeners, wherever you find yourself today, hopefully this lands, however you need it to land in creating uh, a version of you that can really enjoy flying solo, whatever that means for you. So just to clear the air, Annie, like you're human, right? You've, you've had crushes. I'm, I'm part alien though. But part yeah. alien. That's true. 50% alien, <laughs> Wait, 50% yeah. human. Yeah, I had some human. I have some human in me. <laughs> Archangel, yep. all the things. <laughs> Mermaid. But you've had, you've had crushes, sparks, 
mm-hmm. heartbreak. I mean, oh, yeah. have you felt the range of things as it oh, relates to relationships, oh, yes. right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, uh, the extreme range, highs, lows, everything in between. Yes. So one of the things that I hear have been hearing from people in the divorce genre, if you will, but come to think of it, I think it's all over the place is I hear people, I heard somebody the other, just the other day say, you know what? Being single sucks. Mm. And that hit my heart so strong. What pings do you get when you hear that? Being single sucks. The pings that I get is, well, it's for one, I feel like someone who feels that being single sucks there's probably some form of like codependency that's happened in their lives where they feel like they need others to feel fulfilled. They need validation from others to feel fulfilled. Um, Maybe they have like anxious attachment where they're like, I need to have someone otherwise, you know, you can't handle. So I, I, I can't say that I've experienced that personally because I've always been like, I'm 100% into this one person like I, I'm like so open and into this relationship. And then when it ends, it, it, it does feel like a loss. I, I, I hurt. Mm. And I feel like to honor myself and to honor that person that I loved, it doesn't make sense to me to hop into another relationship when your heart's still broken for someone else. Mm. So I've always been like, I'm in it. If, if the, if it, if it ends and I need healing, like I need to focus on my healing and I'm not even going to try to get into another relationship until I am centered and detached from that heartbreak. Has so, that always been your pattern? Have you, has yeah. that, that's always been your pattern. Cause my pattern has always been, well, not anymore. Yeah, it was, <laughs> but I mean, as long as I can remember until I got married, honestly, I was so codependent mm. from a young, young age. It's, I mean, it started not young, young, cause I didn't start dating till I was in junior high. Um, yeah. but from junior high on, it was like, have a boyfriend and long-term, I was always a long-term girl. Like you said, yeah. like all in full heart, here I come yeah. open arms, everything you and me doing life together. And then when it stops, it's just like devastation. Yeah. How can I go on? I don't know who I am or how I am. But the quickest way to, that I thought at the time to heal was, okay, I'm good enough onto the next. And it was like zero time to regroup by myself. And I heard that as a serial daily, a serial dater, serial relationship person. Oh, my soul. (laughs) I was definitely a serial serial dater. And I thought every time, like, this is the one, every time, Annie, this is the one. I've experienced that as well. Like, oh, I'm lit up. Yes. But there was a lot of time in between the people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to know, like, or I think that's important that we both had different experiences, but same thing. It's like, and I will, I will add in when, when my heart breaks, it breaks, it's always has, it, it breaks hard. Yeah, and so yeah. my first relationship, and I think this is probably what molded this experience for me of needing time and like feeling like I need to respect my emotions and I need to respect their emotions because my first major heartbreak, my first love in high school, like I was devastated and he hopped right into another relationship with a girl that I cheered with who was my age, he was two years older. Like it's, 
it was really painful. Like he was going off to college. We broke up instantly dating a girl that was again, my age I cheered with. And so ouch, it was so painful. Like I literally on, on top of it being my first heartbreak, just feeling that betrayal. Like I cried every single day, like not all day long, but I realized that there was a point in the day, every single day for like eight or nine months that I cried every single day. And I was so hurt. And I'm like, I never want to, I don't want to feel that. And I don't want to put someone else through that. So I need, mm. I know that if I needed that much space to heal, like, I don't care if that person hurt me. I don't want to just do that to another person. And that's how mm. I think I was uh, that, that experience led to me feeling that way about having space between relationships. It's huge. Mm -hmm. It's huge because I know from experience, just jumping into the next one, I wasn't, I wasn't bringing the best version of me forward. I was bringing this hurt, mm -hmm. wounded version of me now trying to have this other person fill this hole, mm -hmm. this gap inside of me and relying on this other person to take on all of my feelings, all of my emotions and help me without, without knowing it. Like this is, mm -hmm. we don't know that we're doing it. Right. But how do you think that, how I see the solo time, the single time now mm -hmm. as the sacred time. Mm -hmm. I used to view it as a scary time. Like, oh my gosh, uh, how am I going to survive? Like, almost like, how am I going to survive this solo time, this single time? This is not fun. This is not exciting. This is, it just felt so filled with filled and fueled by fear mm -hmm. rather than this sacred time for like self, self-discovery, mm -hmm. self-acceptance, trust of self, love for self, which is what we really need. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to come to view like, and really appreciate that solo, solo time? Yeah. Um, well, let me touch on a few other relationships to lead to that and I'll be kind of brief with them because I know I could go into long love it experiences on all of them but like so after my first love and that heartbreak then there was Chris who I like I have a video on my YouTube channel if you want to hear the whole story it's like kind of lengthy and you get the whole thing but I was dating someone when I was 18 who passed away mm -hmm. and he was amazing because he just had the biggest energy. People loved him. Like at his funeral, it was standing room only and it was two stories. And it was just so inspiring to see how many lives he impacted. And it, of course it was really traumatic, but I that was a decade ago and I've done a lot of healing around it. And it's actually something that I appreciate going through now because it was going to happen regardless. It was his mm -hmm. life path. It was my life path. And it gave me a lot of purpose and it gave me standards. I'm like, he was so amazing and everyone loved him that I'm not going to just like give my heart to anyone. Like they better be worth it. They better be making the most of their lives. He made the most of his life. He did so much in his like 25 years on the planet. So I just was like, I'm not going to settle. Although I will say that over the years, there were a few duds <laughs> they, they, they were actually um they they presented as a really nice thing but ended up not being so nice so another relationship after that which taught me another huge lesson was I was in a very long relationship with an alcoholic ah. but he presented himself 
put together. He had a huge YouTube channel. Like he was doing all these cool things, acting. So it's like, oh, this is someone who I watch on YouTube. And I, I already like feel like I have a crush on him. And so it got into it and it just, you know, took a lot out of me. So all three of those situations I'm bringing up were all very like rock bottom moments. So mm. the heartbreak when I was in high school, Chris passing away, being in a long-term relationship with an alcoholic that just kept driving me down, 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 down. But it was that relationship with the alcoholic that led me to my rock bottom. And once again, I'm, I've realized I'm so grateful for my rock bottoms because ah. I always propel up. So I hit that rock bottom after literally years with this alcoholic who was getting blacked out drunk every single night, cheating on me. Um, just very, just very toxic. He's sober now. I don't want to like, like he's a different version of himself now. He's done a, a lot to, to change his life. But yeah, it led me to a rock bottom, which brought me to personal development. Yes. And and I was so low that, and I, in that rock bottom, I looked back and I was like, this is not how my life was supposed to go. Like when I was a little kid, I thought I was going to end up with a great guy and have this beautiful <laughs> life happily ever after. And that, that's not what was happening. And so I had to do some reflection and I revisited like where I was at in my mentality after losing Chris and the lessons that I learned from that. And I had to like recenter, like, what do I actually want in a person? Because this last, however many years with this alcoholic was not it. So this is not what I wanted. Yes. So I retapped into my standards and I'm like, I have actually very high standards, even if that wasn't showcasing in my life in that relationship. I have very high standards. I want the person to be kind. I want them to be healthy. I want them to have a huge heart and love animals and all of these things. I want them to be top-notch humans. And so I was like, I'm at a rock bottom. I have a lot of healing to do. I have a lot of trauma. I have a lot of like anxiety. If I want a person like that, I don't just automatically match up with them. It's like law of attraction. Yes. Also in relationships, you attract what you are. So if I want this amazing human, I want to work to be the very best version of myself that I can be. Side note, you don't have to work on trying to be perfect because you'll never be perfect, but heal. Because if you're unhealed, you're going to attract unhealed people and create this toxic cycle. So I'm like, I'm not even going to try until mm -hmm. I'm at a place where I love myself and I am set in my experience and happy in my experience, because then I'm going to attract someone who's just like that, who they have their life put together. They're emotionally open. They've healed and they're ready to connect at a healthy level. So that is why I'm just like, I'm not trying to hop into something because that person that you're looking for to fill in whatever, they're not going to do it. You're still going to have that anxiety. You're still going to have that turmoil. And then you're just going to project it on that person. And it's going to be another toxic cycle, which will either extend through your life and it's going to be miserable potentially, or, you know, it's just going to end in another heartbreak. <sighs> there are those rare cases though. I will say this. There are those rare cases where you do find someone who's open to working together, like working and growing together, but you have to have enough self-awareness to be able to get in one of those situations. And if you're at that state where it's like, I just need to be in a relationship. I wouldn't say you're there. To yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. I think practice, you have to practice being satisfied with yourself mm -hmm. solo. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. whether you're in a relationship or not, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but practice being satisfied solo so that anything and everything, whether it's time with a friend, time with a family member, time in a romantic relationship, whatever that looks like for you, that is the icing on the cake. That is extra. That is bonus. That is blessing. Mm-hmm. That is the 200% when you're already at a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever above and beyond, but it's not necessary for you to feel whole, for you to feel happy. Like that has to be created by you. And I say this from experience because when I went through my divorce, the greatest thing that it gifted me was being alone and finding myself. Mm-hmm. If that never happened in my life, I can say with 100% certainty, 100% certainty, I would not be the woman I am today with the life that I have. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the love for myself. I would still probably be have a ton of wounds, a ton of issues, a ton of things going on that distracted me from my joy on a regular basis. I think a lot of what we have going on around us, outside of us, that's just joy robbers. That's just joy blocks. That's just everything that takes, sucks it out of us. But when we can learn to just be with ourselves and honor solo time or single time as a sacred space and go, wow, what can I learn here? Who do I become here without somebody else distracting me, without me needing things from other people? that's when the magic happens. At least it happened for me. And I know that I found an extraordinary partner, the one that I have right now. And maybe he's the one forever. Maybe he's not. I honestly don't know because now I just operate life, making sure that I'm taken care of from myself with myself first. And he's the bonus. And I think that that happened because when I got divorced, I spent so much time alone, which I hated, by the way, I did Mm. not like it. I forced myself, had to force myself to be alone, spend time alone, walk alone, eat alone, go out to eat alone, go to movies alone, go to like, I had to force myself to do a lot of things and get super uncomfortable until it wasn't uncomfortable anymore Mm -hmm. or as uncomfortable anymore. And when I stopped looking around for someone else to kind of what they say is like complete me, right? Mm-hmm. that's when I attracted this person law of attraction. Like you said, I attracted this person that was matching this vibration. Mm-hmm. I am who I am. Want to be around it. Oh, mm-hmm. it a little bit more. That was literally his same energy was huh, want to be around it. Like yeah. he focuses 100% on him first. I focus 100% on me first and together there's just this, this beautiful thing. And we had a long distance relationship for four years. Mm-hmm. And the beauty in a long distance relationship is you get a lot of time without that person. So you're constantly reminded of who you are without them. And I think that, tell me what you think of this, because I think sometimes we're in a relationship with people for however long it can be months, it can be years, it can be decades. And then oftentimes I think people start to merge Mm -hmm. into one unit instead Mm -hmm. of going solo, solo together. It's just like, you know, what do they call it? What they call it? Like Benefer, like Ben Affleck and Ah, Jennifer Lopez, like Benefer for a while. Like everyone starts to create their, their, that, that instead of like, no, we're still solo people. And I think that creates this 
distraction or illusion or this autopilotness that robs us of being able to do solo life, single life, being mm-hmm. okay on our own. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? I mean, I, I agree. And it just, it just brings my parents to mind. Like my mom doesn't even have many friends. She just hangs out with my dad and uh, like, also this might be totally off topic too, but it also brings up this idea that my mom's always kind of tried to hammer into me, which I do not accept that got men and women can't be friends. So it's like you merge into one and it's like, you can't have your own friends and like everything's just kind of an energetic entanglement mess. But I think it's just so important to have your individuality. And, and I feel like with that, then the codependency kicks in and there's some, some sort of control because it's like what you do is so energetically connected to my emotions that there's like this control. Like you can't do this because I'm affected this way rather than like respecting each other individually and working through the triggers and things that come up as this person experiences their life, because we're automatic, we're going to trigger each other, but it's not about controlling each other and holding this unit together as one. I mean, it is a unit, but it's not one. It's like, we're learning and growing together and expanding rather than, you know, whatever the the societal norm of a relationship is. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what came to my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I love that you said the societal norm, because I think that's like the society speak is the things that we're conditioned to believe. Mm -hmm. And I know that you do a ton of work. Like you teach on this so much, which is breaking down, breaking out of societal beliefs and Mm -hmm. just choosing to believe that we're, I hear you say a lot, like we're not in this box. Yeah. Take yourself out of this box. Yeah. And how do you start to take yourself out of the box and realize your own, your own happiness on your solo venture? Well, well, for one, the box, the societal norm, like this energetic box to me is what we feel like we're trapped in because we've been programmed to believe that by our parents or society. So growing up, I was told like, you know, you're you're, like the man is the head of the house. You are the woman, you are below him. Like they, they take care of you. You're a housewife, you have kids. So the societal norm and what my parents taught me was like, you get married, you, you're, you're a housewife, or if you're going to work, you're still a housewife and they're still like above you, you're raising the kids. So I'm already breaking out of that societal norm. And I, for the longest time, I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to find a husband. I'm supposed to get married and that's how life's supposed to go. But I'm 32 years old. I've never been married. I've never been engaged and it feels really, really good. So I would first suggest like pull back for a second and really dissect and look into, am I following things because I was taught this and because this is what I've been viewing in society. And I feel like in order for me to fit in and be accepted as a human, this is what I need. I need a marriage. I need a partnership. This is what I taught is normal. Like I need to be normal. I need to fit in. I need to not be rejected. I need, people are going to judge me if I'm different, you know? Yes. 
Yes. There's a timeline. Like I have to have a kid by the time I'm 30. Otherwise, no, you can have kids later in life. That is true. I would also say, look for evidence. If you want to be a parent, look for evidence. There are so many people having children later in life in their thirties and their forties and whatnot. And it's fine. The only reason that it's been such an issue is because we've been programmed to believe that that can't happen in in a timing later than 30 years old, which again, affect our body. So if you're constantly telling your body, you can't do this at this certain age, that's what causes the issues. So dissect what beliefs you're having, why you're feeling it needs to be rushed in this timeline. And, and again, tap into your heart. What do you really want? Like you want love? Sure. Like give yourself love find friends that you can have a loving connection with, like be open, but not needy towards it. And um, what was the original question? <laughs> yeah. Just breaking the societal norms because yeah, yeah. we've, been, we've been conditioned to believe all these things. And then I think when we're conditioned to believe all these things, cause I grew up the same way. It was like, okay, you're going to graduate from high school. Then you're going to go to college. Then you're going to meet somebody. Then you're going to get married. Then yeah. you're going to buy the house and you're going to have the kids. Then you're going to get the dog. Then you're going to buy the car, you know, like all yeah, the it's things expected. it's expected, yeah, expected. So like breaking that down. But then I think what that creates is a fear of being single or a yeah. fear of spending time alone. I think that there's created this culture in which if you're alone, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah which is not true whatsoever. Yeah. Like I actually just was on my own and living by myself for a three year stretch of time. And I used to think that I can't live alone. Like I don't, again, my parents programmed me to believe that I couldn't take care of myself. Like literally I was told my entire life, you're messy, you're lazy. You're going to need to marry someone to take care of you. Yeah. And so I wow. grew up believing like, I can't take care of myself. I'm messy. I'm unorganized. Like I'm not going to be able to handle life. Like I need someone to take care of me. I need a husband. Like I need to marry a rich man. If I, if I want to survive, cause that's what I was told again, conditioning. Yeah. And so when I had the opportunity to move out on my own, I was scared, but I did it because the opportunity presented itself. And like, I was getting all of these signs and it just seemed to be right in the moment. But prior to that, I was like, I can't live. Like, I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be a mess. I'm going to be terrified. Like, it sounds terrible. Like, it sounds scary. Like, yeah. I can't do it on my own. And then it's when I actually did it that I was like, this is amazing. Literally <laughs> going into it, as soon as I got there, it was pure excitement and Ooh. growth and clarity and realizing wow so much of my anxieties have been linked to for one being very empathetic but being around people who are chaotic and anxious all the time and I was soaking that in so when I actually had a chance to be in my own pure energy I'm like wow me in my own pure energy is good wow like a lot of this stress and anxiety is tied to so many people around me who are not doing their own personal work and we're just again merging energies and ideas and you know you become just like the people you're surrounding yourself with but if you have chance to be by yourself and you're not even surrounding yourself with people like all the time of course still have social interactions and whatnot but like i just learned that who i am in my pure energy is awesome and yes. and i've gotten to this standard where like if you are uh, like, especially relationship sense. If 
you don't make me feel better than how I feel by myself, then you're not the one. Yeah. Yeah. I need to feel, I need to feel comfortable. I need to have my energy like balanced or matched in a really healthy way, or just like so excited. And it's not this anxious, excited of like, oh my gosh, like, are they going to accept me? Like, do I need to put on a mask and act like someone else to, to be around this person? Like, no, I'm so set in who I am because I've been on my own for so long and I'm mm. comfortable being myself that I'm going to be myself around everyone. And if they think that's weird or they don't like it, I'm like, okay, well, I'm really cool. If you don't accept that, like, <laughs> yes, then you're not for me. So now the people that come into my life, it's like, if I'm showing exactly who I am and they're like excited and like loving it, then I'm like, yes, you're a person to be in my life. That feels good. Yes. I think, I think there's a lot of people who haven't taken the time to be on their own or spend enough time just with themselves to figure Mm -hmm. out what that energy is for them or to Mm -hmm. figure out what does light them up, what does give them the buzz, what does like, what means a lot to them, what, what values they are, like how, how they can be silly and how they can be sad and all everything in between. Mm -hmm. And then when they get around somebody or they start dating again, or they're trying to date even in friendship again, then they bring a false sense of self to the party over mm-hmm. and over and over and over like you said that serial dater that I was mm-hmm. and when you don't take time to like actually figure out who you are and honor that sacred time then you just keep attracting the people that you've always attracted because you've never yeah. healed because you've never yeah, figured out who you are yeah and if you don't know yourself you don't know how to show up as yourself so you're giving your you're giving false versions of yourself to everyone you meet And then you enter relationship into that person and that false sense of self deteriorates because you can't keep up this persona that you are not. And then it's just like the other person and vice versa are probably like, you're not the person I thought I got into a relationship with. Like what happened? Yeah. Like what happened? That's that's not what I expected. Oh my gosh. But the thing is like, you don't even realize it because you don't even know yourself yet. That's so important. That's so important. You said something else that I thought was... I mean, everything that you've said is so helpful. Um, I think it's important to think about the perspective that you have on being single. So when you say like single sucks, like that's the perspective that you have rather than redefining what's actually true for you. What's actually true for me? Yeah. Are you saying that single sucks because you feel like you suck? Mm. Single sucks because I have to be with me and I suck. that's That's what that sounds like to me. Ooh, that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. What don't you like about yourself or what needs love? What within you needs love? So you don't have to believe that being with just you sucks Mm because essentially that's what it is. Like being with myself isn't all that great. Yeah. Isn't all that fun. I need to be distracted in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you sit by yourself and you're like, this sucks because you're forced to sit with your emotions, but most people won't even sit with their emotions. So it's just like this buzzy, chaotic energy that they're trying to escape from because they're not even willing to go in. Mm, I love that. I, I think that I've heard people say like, well, I hear that, but I, I still miss companionship. Like having friends isn't the same as being in a partnership. I feel like I'm the third wheel. You know, it's boring. That's another one that I hear a lot of. It's boring. You know what I like to say? you're not 
<laughs> it's not boring. You're just boring because like <laughs> there are so many things you can explore within yourself that you never have to be bored. Mm. Like, or when people say I'm bored, I'm like, you're, you're not bored. You're just, you're just boring. Like, or no. Yeah. What I forget how I phrase it, but it's something along the lines of like, just the realization that there, you never have to be bored because just within yourself without any external stimulation there's like never ending things that you can discover has there ever been a time in your relationship with self on your solo ventures that you haven't had the courage because I see you going about life doing life solo Mm -hmm. um going on solo adventures like even over the past what like four or five years that that I've known you And it seems really easy and really freeing and really fun. Like you're a very fun, high-spirited, high-functioning person and have this great energy. But like, is there ever ever any moments or has there ever been a time prior to this even where you didn't have that courage and you felt scared to do this on your own? Like, how do you meet yourself there? How do you move forward with that? I mean, it wasn't even about doing things on my own. I was just afraid of everything. I was afraid of I I was the most fearful person you you would have ever met because for one my biggest fear was death mm-hmm. and so I would literally wake up uh, as a teenager sometimes as a kid and be like everyone I know is gonna die I'm gonna die like eh, like even just looking around a room like one day all of this is just gonna be gone because time you know moves things and just. Dis- destroys things and you know so I just always had this fear of like none of this is temporary I'm just in constant fear like I was afraid that a tsunami was gonna come when I lived in California like there was a time when um there were there were potential missile threats towards LA I was like I'm gonna die I need to pack up and get home and get out of here so I just had such great fear that I was I would freeze and not Mm. do anything like I was a freezer and it again it wasn't even necessarily attached to others it was I just was not daring whatsoever so I have had I have had a very drastic uh emotional experience compared to me just being like trusting and just free falling all over the place now uh but I mean it was a I don't know if there's one exact answer to give you to the switch but again it's not necessarily about relationships but I I overcame my fear of death and so Mm. I'm just like because I know that we're souls and our souls are eternal and and everything's happening perfectly I've had so many experiences like spiritually that I'm like I get so many synchronicities and so many things that guide me and so many things working out when I've learned to follow my intuition always works out Mm. and even worst case scenario being death I'm like I still exist so if I'm getting these intuitive pulls and signs and synchronicities I've trained myself to trust it because I do it Mm. I trust it it works out so I know that if I get that pull from my heart it's it works out so that's why I'm not afraid to try new things. Like I'm not afraid to put my things in storage and just start traveling. I'm not afraid to rent a van and just start traveling. I'm not like life unfolds and presents opportunities all the time now, because each step of the way, an opportunity is presented and I take it and it works out. And then another opportunity is presented and I take it and it works out. And it just has been this constant unfolding that I have full faith in trusting. So it's like, 
again, worst case scenarios, I die. I'm not afraid of that, but I still don't plan to die. I don't want to die anytime soon. Like I really truly feel intuitively that I have a very full life ahead of me and I have a big purpose, but like worst case scenario, I end up at my parents' house. And you know what? I just, <laughs> I just decided on my own while I'm traveling, my parents' house is home base. So like yes. even my worst case scenario, I'm like, that's what's so bad with that? <laughs> what used to be your worst case scenario is now like such a great scenario. And it's you know? something that I'm choosing to have home base at my parents because as I'm traveling too, it's like, I realize I do like to have a place to feel grounded into at times. Sure. So, you know, that's, that's my choice. Again, I don't know if that answered the actual question, but I, yeah, I used to be frozen with fear and now I've had so many magical things happen in life and guidance and, and intuitive things and opportunities that I'm like, it's obvious to me that everything works out. But the thing that I've learned is I can't have such a, an, a plan from my ego of it has to be this way. Cause, mm. and that's the thing with relationships and marriage and the societal like life cycle, we have such that we have this control over, it's supposed to go this way. And when yes. it's not going that way, we throw a little tantrum. So that's what I was saying about like the unfolding of things, like not having this grand plan of it has to be this way, but follow the bread comes, follow the opportunities, like let it unfold. And my life has been so magical and I'm meeting the most amazing people. And I'm not even joking. My friend Alon, for those of you who listen, listening, Heidi's friend Alon as well. We've, we've been doing some traveling together and every single day we're like, our lives are literally, I mean, literally, I'm not even using that as like a hype word, like literally magical, like yes. magic happens constantly and it's from us being brave and just following the polls and even if they don't make sense even if they don't make sense and that's the thing most of it doesn't make sense again there was no guarantee that any of this would work out but the encouragement too with that is like remember anything that you've gone through that's been extremely difficult you've gotten through 100 of the challenges in your life so like it's it's gonna be okay yeah, I love what you said about trust, like just like surrendering and trusting yourself, because I think we build trust when we actually meet the fear and take action with it. When mm -hmm. we like get into partnership with our fear and we go like, whoa, hey, it's here. And even what you said was I was feeling so fearful at this one point. And then I realized like, wow, actually fear and excitement kind of share a very similar vibration yeah. in our body. So like I, I was telling myself cognitively that I was so scared and fear and stories and all these things. And then I started, I put something into action with that fear yeah. and it flipped a switch into an opportunity, into yeah. excitement, into things that I never realized that I could even imagine. I have a saying that I like to use that's what's right for right now. Mm -hmm. Like you said, instead of going so big and going like, it's going to look like this, it's going to unfold like this, da, 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 da. I'm like, what is right for right now? And it can be exactly. right in this moment, right in this minute, right in this day. And it can change like that. Yes. Right. But like, what's right for right now with permission to always change my mind yeah. and to redefine what single actually single or solo yeah. means for you is huge. I know for me, when I started going, like at first I did the whole victim thing, right? I get divorced. I'm lonely. I'm all alone. No one's ever going to love me anymore. Like a million bajillion stories. Right. And then I was like, oh my gosh, 
it was terrifying and exciting all in the same breath when I woke up one morning and I was like, I can do anything. Yes. <laughs> anything. And I always could, you always can, even when you're in re- your relationship, but oftentimes we think like, oh, I need to check on my partner and what they're doing. Da, da, da. But that moment was like, holy shit, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. And so I think one of the ways that I have nurtured myself through the single, single and solo ventures is to be really sweet and kind to myself as I stay curious and just willingly try things and go, oh, okay, well, that was silly. Not really for me right now. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. I really like doing that. I'm going to try that again tomorrow or next week or once a month or whatever. And starting to get playful in times and curious in times by yourself was actually one of the most fun ways of treating myself Mm -hmm. by myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things about um, flying solo? I, one thing that I've learned, kind of touching back on being told my whole life that guys and girls can't be friends. I've learned that I can have such great friendships with, with men too. Yes. Like I can have these heart opening, like loving friendship connections where when I was in a relationship, before or just like in my past is like oh it's all you can't be open with a with a guy otherwise they get the wrong the wrong idea don't send them the wrong signals like it's all on you right exactly and the thing is as I've grown as a person in my personal development and in my consciousness again I attract friends at that level so I have all of these friends who are men and women who are open and know that it's okay to have connections and it doesn't mean that you're like in a relationship or sexual or anything it's just like an open-hearted connection like again Alon her fiance Shane he's one of my best friends and we can have open-hearted conversations and because Alon's very open and conscious it's like she's not getting jealous she's like I want my friends to have a good relationship with my fiance not it just being this weird like oh this like have to be weird around him it can't yeah. have open heart towards him because he's mine possessive or it's you can only hang out if you have another partner because that's the third yeah. meal situation where people convince themselves that social conditioning says well, we can only hang out as men and women yeah. if there's like two men and two women or yeah. whatever. I mean, you know, yeah. but I've actually had that experience. Well, not that, that experience in my past, but I've come to the realization that I do have a lot of friends who are married or in relationships and they're very, they've grown, they, they've done a lot of growth in their lives. Um, so they're kind of on similar paths with me and I will be with them. Like we'll go do things. And I always get this compliment of like, you just fit in so well with us. Like you just blend in. So it doesn't feel like a third wheel. It feels like we're three best friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. In those situations. So I so. think, I think I'd love to reflect something back to you too. Cause I think that that statement is very, very true, but I think it's because you fit in so well with yourself. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. so good with who you are. And you're so good with what's not for you or speaking your truth. So if something pops up in conversation and you're not down with it, instead of like giggling and pretending like you're good with it, you'll say like, oh, you know what? Like, I actually have a different view on that. If you want to hear about it or 
or wow, that's not at all that, you know, I don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable talking about this. Like, you, you know, you're, I think that that part of you actually makes people feel comfortable as well. When they know mm-hmm. that when I'm around Annie, she's going to be 100% herself and I'm safe with that, which mm-hmm. allows me to be 100% safe mm-hmm. uh, with her or 100% myself because she is 100% herself and you give people permission to be themselves when you decide to be yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a compliment to you because you have done so much work with yourself on yourself for yourself that you invite people into such a loving free yeah. space being yeah. you. And it's so funny also thinking that the question was, how, like, what have you liked about being solo? Honestly, I've created deeper connections in my relationships and friendships and even family. So even though it's about me being solo, it's actually strengthened my relationships. Ooh, that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Because before at the beginning, I I was like, at this point where I'm like, I just like being on my own. Like, I don't want to be around people. People overwhelm me. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm so balanced because I get so much time alone and I love my time alone that when I come together with people, I'm so recharged and it's always such a great experience. I also think that you tell me if this is true, because I don't want to make assumptions, but from our time together, I've seen like you permission yourself to say, no, that doesn't really feel good for me. Or yes, I can do that, but it's going to be later in the day, or yeah. I'm not really sure when I'm going to be available. Like you're yeah. very people, open and people yes. pleasing tendencies have definitely lowered. <laughs> yeah. 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 You've really trained people to know, um, what your needs are. And I think that's really important to, I I think sometimes people get brushed off or people don't respond to their text or their friends text, even though they're like close in relationship, because they don't know how to just say what they need, which is Mm -hmm. it's no, it's a no for today, or it's a no for now, or, oh no, what are they going to say? Cause they won't want to, they're going to think I don't like them for not hanging out with them or not coming to their birthday party. And just instead of just saying like, I don't know, I don't, I just need some time alone today. Yeah. I just need some space. Yeah. And some, some people take that personally, but, and I've had those experiences where friends just don't get it. And then that's just, that's, that has shown me in the past that maybe that friendship's just not in alignment or that relationship's just not in alignment for that time. And I've had experiences again, where I, that, that happened and we took time apart for a very long time. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if this friendship's going to come back together. And it's not like this crazy falling out. Mm-hmm. but they're not respecting my space or my needs, or maybe I'm just not in alignment with what they expect in a friendship. Right. And so we've taken space and there've been so many, not so many, but like a, a handful of those friendships from my past where we've reconnected now and I've grown so much and they've done their own yes. as well, where it's like, Oh, we, we come back together in a different way, but it's much more healthy now. Mm, that's so important. It's, it's, it works across all relationships, romantic yeah, relationships or exactly. friend relationships or family, family. relationships, yeah. especially family. Can we just say that, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, and my family may disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that, that I've actually become more appreciative and grateful and closer to my family after I left Michigan and moved to California for eight years. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's because I spent time with me and knew who I was separate from them, separate from my family standards and my family expectations and my family values, which I love their values. And I love, I love the upbringing that I was in. And I realized, wow, not all of those things are actually who I am now. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. So now I can come back to my family or have them visit and take care and nurture myself in a way that allows me to be fully who I am around them. And yeah. I, and I think that makes them feel better too. Hopefully it does. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have similar experiences with that. Cause now, I used to be like, I don't want to go home around my family. It's overwhelming. I can't be myself. I feel controlled by their expectations. Mm-hmm. And now I was in LA for nine and a half years. So now when I'm home, it's not perfect for sure, because they are set in those old school ways and I live a very different life. So I do tame things down in my language a bit around them, <laughs> but, but I'm more me than I've ever been around them. Like I just got a, a new tattoo. My first several tattoos, I would hide from them. I was terrified I was gonna be rejected. And this one I got, and my mom's like, okay. And my dad was just like, kind of irritated. And I was like, what's wrong, dad? And he goes, I'm just not a tattoo guy. And I was like, well, good thing it's on me and not on you. And just like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And you realize in those moments that all the stories you've been playing out in your head, like, oh, my family still loves me, right? Your family still loves you, right? Yes. And it was that energetic box of expectations. It's like this invisible fear of what other people think that are just assumptions Mm. that hold you and you feel trapped. And then you one day work past them, hopefully. And you're like, wait, the entire time it was me holding myself in there. Mind blowing. (laughs) That was me. And on that same note, that's what we're, that's what people who are out there who are saying like single sucks, like have that mantra. You're literally holding your, yourself back from one of the greatest gifts yeah, that you could ever receive. And it's, it's as simple as shifting that perspective and yes. giving yourself those gifts and opening, like putting on different glasses, put on different glasses, look around and experience, choose to experience life in a different way. I have two more questions for you. If you're down first part, part one is what kinds of practices do you do alone to strengthen your sacred self. Mm. So many, so many practices. I feel like everything I do as far as like my self care for my body, my mental health, my like spiritual alignment, it's all for that. So I mean, there's so many things. Once again, there's, um, meditation for one. I feel like that's, that's a a key one that a lot of people in personal development spaces and coaching are into. So meditation has been huge because for one, that it's a practice, right? So when you first start meditating, your mind's so busy and people write it off right away. Cause they're like, I just can't meditate. My mind's busy, but Mm -hmm. that's the point of meditation because the more you practice it, you practice letting the thoughts go. So I, I was diagnosed with ADHD, so I could have used that as an excuse. I can't meditate. My mind's too busy, but meditation has been what has helped calm my mind down, tap me into my intuition and like open up so many things in me. So the reason why that that is so good on top of some of those things I just touched on is if you're so in your head about needing to be in a relationship, but you can't handle 
thing on your own or like your thoughts are what you're afraid of anyway. You're like, I can't be alone because my mind's so busy. The more you practice meditation and start being able to observe really what's going on in your mind and you start being able to clear what's going on in your mind, that chaos starts lifting off and you find this clarity that you're really just looking for the entire time. You want clarity. You don't want to feel chaotic and hectic. So yeah. meditation has been huge. I've been an avid meditator for like five years straight now. Five years. Like, Where did you start with your meditation practice? If someone's just getting started and they're like, that freaks me out or I've tried before, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Where, where did you start with it? So I actually just started going on YouTube and finding quick guided meditations. Yes. 10 minutes or less. You can literally find 10 minute meditations. You can find five minute meditations, three minute, there are even one minute meditations. So I started with guided meditations. The last yes. couple of years, I, I do my own meditate. Like I guide myself or I just sit in silence and observe, but it started with the guided because you actually have something to follow along to rather than just like sitting there with your thoughts and being confused of what to do because it's so overpowering. So I did the exact same thing. Like I literally typed in 10 minute meditation on YouTube and found, I tried a couple, I tried a bunch of, and then I found a channel I liked and then I just kept, and then I would increase, increase, increase. Or Mm -hmm. another thing I did, and I know you love being out in nature as much as I do is I'll go out in nature and I'll lay down a little blanket and I'll just look up at the um, clouds. Yeah. That's great. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, or even, even walking meditations where you just go on walks. That's a, that's actually something I still do. I'll go on walks and I won't play music. I won't listen to podcasts past just go in a beautiful neighborhood you go joy spotting it's kind of aligned with that where you're not trying to necessarily be in your thoughts you're also not trying to control what your thoughts are doing but you're just taking in taking in the physical environment around like looking at the Mm -hmm. colors looking at the nature breathing in the fresh air feel like using your senses and just Mm. walking and sometimes naturally you'll notice thoughts start to flow but I almost feel like it it turns into like a, a like a walking personal therapy session because it's not like you're ruminating, you're moving the energy while you're walking and you're getting the fresh air that it like, I feel like your thoughts start to clear and you start having epiphanies after a while. Yeah. There's sometimes where I go for walks to be rejuvenated mm-hmm. with the intention. Cause sometimes I set intentions and sometimes I don't, mm-hmm. but sometimes I set the intention of just being fueled by the environment surrounding me. And I'll literally visualize myself as I'm walking kind of like a little character like in uh in a video game like Mario Brothers where like it, it goes down 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 like the the power the energy goes down 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 or up 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 mm-hmm. and i see like especially on a sunny day i'll visualize the sun coming out on me and just like filling me up filling me up filling me up filling me up if i've had a depleted day and the mm-hmm. other thing that i'll do is if i have like a really activating day and I recognize that I've taken on a ton of other people's energy as I'll go out with the intention of shedding mm. and I'll just let it kind of drip off, drip off, drip off, drip off, drip off, yeah. drip off, drip off. And then by the time I get home, it's like, it's been washed out. Yeah. I feel similar ways. Like I'll do that with the sun, like absorbing mm. the sun, charging you up. Or for me, like if I'm on a walk outside and it like a gust of wind blows, I'm like, I envision like that gust of wind is just like like blowing away any of that energy on me. Yes. 
Okay. So meditation is a huge practice for you. Can you give walking, us two, yeah, well. two other um, practices that are your like solo practices that are sacred for just you time? Yes. Let's see. So meditation. Well, those are kind of two separate things too, but I'll do two more. So, so the meditation, the walking, just connecting with nature in general. Um, let me think, let me think of my best two. <laughs> oh, just in general, like inner child, it's, I don't view it as inner child work, but I just make an effort to look at the things that I genuinely enjoy and have fun doing and do them. So play is huge and you don't have to be around other people to have fun. Shocker. I have so much fun on my own. Like, do you like going on bike rides, go on a freaking bike ride, go, go rollerblading, go jump on a trampoline. Like while I have my parents as home base, I'm going to convince them to get me a trampoline so I can go jump on the trampoline. Um, you know, I have my trampoline. I'm like, I have my mini trampoline. I want a big one that I can do flips on. Oh yeah. As a kid. So just what things do you have fun doing? And like that actually, maybe, maybe they're like adrenaline things or maybe whatever, and just do it. And you're going to realize you don't have to have another person there doing it with you to have fun. Like it's still so exciting. That's why I want a trampoline to jump on by myself and do flips on because I'm going to have a blast. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love that. That's so important. Yeah. And one more thing. Hmm. It's so funny because I spend so much time by myself that I'm like, I feel like it's just everything in my life. Everything that I do is amazing by myself. It's part of my practice. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, the one thing that's coming to mind right now is like, this is, this is kind of falls under, under the, the fun category, but just like solo, well, solo dates, like yes. I'll literally go to a restaurant and get like a fancy drink and, and food. And, and it's a practice because it is it is kind of awkward at first. Like, where am I supposed to look? Should I just be on my phone the whole time? (laughs) And it's never that I feel like people are judging me, which I know is going to be a big fear for a lot of people. Like, Oh, what, what are people going to think if I'm eating dinner alone? Like, yes, but that's not usually my fear. It's just like, where do I look? (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) but so, so when I first started doing it, like I would kind of scroll on my phone. Cause I'm like, I don't know where, to, what, to, what do I do with my eyes? <laughs> and, Cause I don't want to be like staring at people, but even then whatever, but yeah, just going on solo dates, like actual dates by yourself and getting a fancy meal or something to eat and enjoying time with yourself and, and soaking in how cool you are because you're so brave because so many people are afraid to do that, but you're like, Haha, I'm brave. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not limiting myself from doing anything. Yeah. Nothing. I remember doing the same thing too. Um, when I, not when I first separated, it took me some time. It took me some time. But what I did at first was I would go to places that had TVs. Mm-hmm. Now I don't prefer that as much anymore, but I go to places that had TVs and I would sit at the bar or sometimes at a booth by myself because it felt a little more cozier and safe. Like mm-hmm. no one can see me as much. Mm-hmm. Just depended on the day. And then I would kind of just like enjoy my meal and my drink. And then I would watch whatever was on. Okay, mm-hmm. we're, we're good. The, the next step for me was I would bring a book. 
And sometimes that can feel even weirder. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. And so I would bring a book and okay, this is what I do. I'm just going to bring a book and that's going to be cool. And I'm going to read some chapters. And then I finally got to the point where I didn't need any of that. I would find a really cute cafe. I know you used to have one by your old apartment that had like a beautiful fountain and amazing Mm -hmm. people watching. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's such a cool experience to just go do that or get takeout and go sit in a park and absorb and observe and do those types of dates too. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a dinner date, but I mean, that is a nice fun challenge, but any date, like take yourself out somewhere and have fun. Yeah. And it's really fulfilling. Like I'll take myself to movies. I'll take myself to dinner. I'll take my literally anywhere that you would go with another person, just go by yourself and train. And you know, as you were talking, one question came to mind for the, the listeners to, to ponder is it really, I mean, and there's probably so many layers to this, but is it really that you need a relationship to feel that love right now? Or is honestly a part of it because you feel like you're going to be viewed as weird by others if you're not in a relationship? Like my parents taught me that I need to be in a relationship. Society taught me I need to be in a relationship. And if I'm not in that, and if I'm out on a date by myself, people are going to go, oh, that person's not lovable. Like Mm -hmm. it's the fear of judgment of others as part of it, right? Like what are other people going to think if I'm by myself, I'm a reject, I'm whatever. This is not what society tells you. Like all the Disney movies, you're supposed to end up happily ever after. And also another thing I want to touch on again, that you mentioned Heidi as well is, and this has been coming up so much for me in my life is nothing. It, it, none of it has to be all or nothing or forever. Like, Oh, single sucks. Because if I'm single now, that means I could be single forever. No single now. Right. Right. Like Like if I get too cozy in this space, now I'm committed to this way of being. and, And then I'm stuck here. I think people think like, yeah. choosing that for what's right for right now is like complacency like oh yeah. shoot if I choose this this is how it is forever and yes. I can't if I I can't enjoy I can't enjoy this or it's or or I'll be stuck here yeah and even the example of me getting this van for the week van life popped up into my awareness I want to do van life if that happened for another person which I'm sure it's happened to many people who they're like I want to travel and they're like but I can't because that's a big risk and that's like a big different path to take. And so going, I want to do van life. I'm still doing it. I rented it for a week. It's still being expressed through my life, but it wasn't forever. It's not like, okay, I bought a van and now I live in a van now. Like it's not forever. (laughs) Even if I bought a van, I'm not living in that van forever. I'm living in it for now, you know? Yeah, so Annie's literally podcasting from, from her van life right now. She's been a nomad life since January and sold her apartment and all the things. Yeah. And she's There's been traveling right next to me in this van. <laughs> she's got her cat with her, all yeah. the things, all the things, like truly, truly soaking up the solo time and the together time. You really have this beautiful balance of people visiting in and out. And mm-hmm. I think that, when you can learn to appreciate time with just yourself, like you said, you learn to really get into gratitude when you do, when you are welcomed by other people's energy. And then you appreciate your experiences with others so much more too. 
because I feel like oftentimes people who especially aren't doing a lot of work and healing on themselves, they're around people and they're constantly just getting triggered by each other and wounding each other and then holding things in. Or maybe some people are lashing out and it's just not this healthy dynamic. But again, being in my own energy, feeling good about myself. Now, when I come together with the people who are of like vibration, it's so exciting. It's like such a good, healthy connection. And you can tell that they're for you because it feels so different now that your energy Mm -hmm. um, is aligned with it. I love what you said earlier, just about, you know, um, the lessons that you've learned. You said it with your partner, like your partner passing allowed you really to set standards for the Mm -hmm. relationships that you wanted to be in, to figure out who you were. Just the lessons are so important. I heard Mel Robbins talking a couple of weeks ago, and she said, like, if you can use this phrase, like, this is preparing me for something greater. Mm -hmm. This time, if, if you're really viewing single life as just kind of a sucky time, take that and say, this is preparing me for something else. So how good can I make it? Yeah. Like, how good can it get? How good can I make it? Assume that you can do anything because you can with this moment in time and like make it as great as you possibly can rather than trying to force yourself to sit in the struggle, like really see it as a sacred time. Mm -hmm. And know that when the time comes for a partner to enter in your life, again, like attracts like. So you're going to attract an amazing person when the time is right. So- One thing that I learned too of spending so much my time relationship hopping and not enough time with my solo self is that I had, because of that, I had built zero resilience to being alone. Mm -hmm. Zero, zero resilience. And I see women do this all the time where maybe they lose, they lose a spouse through a passing Mm -hmm. or through divorce or just a breakup or whatever it is. And because they haven't spent the time alone it feels like this overwhelming experience that they're never going to come back from. Mm -hmm. So it's important to cherish and honor the times that we have um, without friends, family, romantic partners, anyone in our life, so that we can build up that resilience and that tolerance for um, when they're not available. Even if they're just not available, it doesn't even have to be a passing or anything extreme, right? Mm-hmm. We have to value this time so that we can have that resilience and that, and that part of us built up that muscle built up, maybe not even a resiliency. Maybe it's just like that muscle of I've got myself. I know myself. I love myself. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I love this so much. So, so, so much. You've left so many golden nuggets for our listeners. I appreciate you more than I could ever say. Thank you for jumping on with me today. Um, how can our listeners find you get more Annie in their life? What do you have going on? What do I have going on? So I have my YouTube channel. It's Oh My Annie. That's with two H's. You can mm-hmm. find all of my videos there. And there are some, some things, some videos that, that reflect some of the topics we spoke on, such as how to meditate and actually like it. I have one of those videos on my experience, um, with Chris who passed away and how that affected my life and like the positives that came out of that. 
as it was a very emotional video though, by the way, because it was the first time publicly speaking on it. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And so I also have my Instagram. Oh, my Annie on there as well. You can find me there. And other than that, there are ways to work with me. I am a life coach as well. I do not specialize in divorce women, but I specialize in manifestation and how to create the reality that you actually want to live. And I also have a membership, which is really awesome. It's a low cost membership where there's group coaching and all these things called the master manifester membership, but it's a place for very open-minded people who are into like energy and spirituality and manifestation and things of that nature. But it's a, it's a, that's such a dreamy space. All of your stuff is so cool. You're so cool. I love you. I can't get enough of you in my life. So thank you so much for spending the time energy. Thank you for finding a way from your van to call (laughs) in and record. You're just so epic and you make things happen. So thanks so much. My closing question for you is what does joy feel like in your body? Joy feels like it, it begins in my heart space. And it's like this burst of sunshine that like vibrates electrically through my entire body and expands past my body. And it feels like magic. I feel like, you know, the feeling I'm talking about. I do. I feel it. I feel it tingling through me right (laughs) now. It's so amazing. Can't even contain it in myself. (laughs) No, cannot. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys go check out Annie. Make sure you spend some time this week enjoying that sacred solo time. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and love yourself healthy. See you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.